Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day and the blessings of the day. We thank you for the Sunday school lesson and the devotion, dear Heavenly Father, and what we've been made to feel so far, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you for each and every one of us that's gathered here together, dear Heavenly Father, today. We'd ask that, you, that you'd help us to do our part in the service to lift up your name, dear Heavenly Father, and give your your sweet son, Lord, the, the praise for all he did for us, dear Heavenly Father. And Lord, we ask a special blessing right now on, on Brother Steve, dear Heavenly Father, give him that message, dear Heavenly Father, that we stand in need of and help us to apply it to our lives, dear Heavenly Father, that it would give us strength to go through the upcoming week, dear Heavenly Father. And Lord, we ask that uh, you be with all the sick and all the the, the needy, dear Heavenly Father, today, dear Heavenly Father. And, uh, Lord, we'll give you your honor and praise and your son's glorious name, the praise for all of these blessings. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Look at page 572. 572. Rest of the ship. As Mo was praying there, that this song came to my mind. <laughs> Let us draw near to God.
Blessing God. This is my song. Blessing God. Does anyone have a word of testimony? I'd like to share it. My Lord. My Lord. Amen. Yeah, it's going to the table. Yeah. Lord Brother Wayne, I've got a story. I remember a little heathen boy that thought he knew everything, thought he could do anything. Uh, but one day he found himself destined for a place called hell. And I remember as a child I'd heard knew the plan of salvation backwards and forwards. I knew how God had set it up, and I thought yeah. that was good enough uh, to get me there. But I found out at 18 years old that I was lost without God. And, and I remember a young man that would be witness to me, and even in all the things that we were doing, he would, he would always go to a point and say, no, I will not go that far. I will not blaspheme the name of God. I will not uh, talk negative about the church because I'm saved but I'm backslid and I'm not where I need to be. And his witness, I remember the day that he went back to church and he made things right. And the Lord had been dealing with me. And the Lord saved me. And he had sent a young man uh, that had been lost his whole life, had been uh, uh, raised rough. And the Lord saved him and got him in church. And he came and witnessed to us. And I remember uh, that was all that that friend of mine was waiting for. He said, Lord, send me somebody to let me know that you still love me. And he sent that young man to him. And that young man worked with me. And I was saying, oh Lord, just show me how that you love me. How that that I uh, that there's a way other than hell. And the Lord, I sent that uh, young man to me and we worked uh, together one night. And I took him around after work uh, in the middle of the uh, night. It was late. We got off at 11 o'clock. And we drove around till like 2 or 3 in the morning. And I showed him the places and bragging about the meanness that we had done and I could tell how that he wasn't impressed that there was something on his mind and something on his heart. Finally, we went back to the parking lot at the hospital where we had left from and then he started to share with me from a little New Testament Bible and started reading me scriptures and told me and filled in the gaps that I didn't learn about how, what salvation really was. Sure. It was for the lost. It Amen. wasn't for Oh, the son, a child that wasn't lost, but it's for the child that is lost. Amen. <laughs> and I remember asking him to pray with me, and I bowed my head on the steering wheel of the 79 dots and 210. Oh, that little car didn't have no extras in it. When you shut the door, it sounded like a tin can echoing in your ears. Oh, but I remember that night, it became the altar of God. And I bowed and I prayed. And the Lord Jesus met me face to face. And I felt Him enter in my face, go to my feet, back to the top of my head, back down, and swirled in my belly like a well of water. And He ain't quit swirling in me yet. And I'm thankful that the Lord saved me that night. And for a lot of years, He blessed me. We was poor when we first got married. I was telling somebody about how we didn't have nothing. I think... I don't think how these kids or young people here understand how uh, all of us only had three channels on the TV. Uh, we only had one. If we were lucky, we had one TV in the house. And we was blessed. We got a hand-me-down that actually had color on it. Had a remote control. And I was thankful for that when our girls were little. How uh, about I tell you this? How uh, the blessings haven't stopped. They just keep coming. And for 15 years, God wanted me to preach His gospel. Almost 15. And I ran as wholehearted as I could. Until one day He healed me up in the altar. And said, you'll go 
I give over. And I wish, I wish Brother Steve I'd answered the very night. He called me the very morning. He called me when I was sitting back there on the pew harassing my little girl. I wish I'd give in then. Uh, but another young man got up and went to the altar and, and I thought, well, Lord, you was talking to him. You wasn't talking to me. And I rode him off there and it was a long trip. Uh, my poor wife had endured me for the next almost 15 years. Uh, but I was going to tell you, uh, the Lord was so gracious and so loving and so merciful uh, that he, he said, this is now or never. And, and so I went to the altar. I didn't like never. I didn't like this is going to be the end. I didn't like it when Jeff Landers was beating on that pulpit saying, when I stop beating this on, hey, your time is up. And, and I knew it because he was beating right in the rhythm of my heart. And I knew that if he stopped, the Lord had done told me so in my heart. And I went to the altar. I begged him and pleaded not to make me do this. But he, he had his mind made up. You know why? He knew what was better for me, brother, sure way did. than I did. Sure did. And I'm thankful today that God was so merciful to me and so merciful with our family. I got two natural daughters. Never gave me a minute's trouble. Even though one of them's a lot like me. <laughs> but he gave us another daughter that we didn't have to raise. And so we got five grandchildren. Oh, God has blessed us with it. I'm so thankful. That God even is uh, uh, unwilling to be obedient as I was. Uh, he decided to promote me to pop off. And I'm glad uh, that the Lord has spared my life. There's been an uh, opportunity for me to kick on out of here. Uh, but he's decided that it's time to stay up. Brother Steve, uh, when he wants us to ride, we just got to get on that bicycle right. and just ride it, don't we? Right. Uh, we got to go when he says go. We got to move when he says move. And when we get all self-centered and thinking it's all about us, how we forget the fact that it's all about Him. And if our life is all about Him, then He'll be, I'll just be honest, I don't know. God doesn't bless us because we're good. No. It just don't come that way. No. God blesses us because He loves us. <coughs> and He wants us to be blessed. And that's his desire from the very beginning. Amen. If it wasn't, there wouldn't have been so much talk about the abundant life. And it wouldn't be in the New Testament if it wasn't God's uh, desire for us to have it. So I'm glad, Brother Wayne, that not only did he save this little heathen boy, uh, that he gave me the abundant life. And I'm glad that this morning, I, not that anything belongs to me, but I'm glad I belong to him. Amen. And I'm glad there's blessings in the house of the God. I, in the house of God. And I'm glad huh, that there's blessing in my life because of God in my house. And I'm thankful for Him this morning. Amen. 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 Anyone else? I want to tell them to say I love Jesus this morning. God bless you, sister. I'm so thankful for this beautiful singing. Uh, and everyone in this church, because, you know, I've been visiting this church since I was, I guess, about 11 years old, coming here with my family a lot. And, uh, a lot of good memories. I love, just want to tell the church, I love you. Yeah. Uh, I'm so thankful that when I was 13 that I knelt in a little country church, Mount Abel, and the Lord gave me the way. And I'm thankful for him. God bless her. I'm so thankful for you and Wayne, Vanessa, all these singers, and um, we just love you and love what you're standing for. God bless you. Amen.
But there was a message preached, uh, Brother Billy Peacock preached the message that night. And the Lord got a hold of me. <laughs> it changed my life that night. But you know, there's a power in prayer. I truly believe that. And uh, Vanessa was one of those ladies that was praying for me. But again, I didn't know those ladies was praying for me. I didn't know that. Yeah. And those ladies was very always very special in the life. And when they shared that with me. And, uh, but you know, I thank God for bringing me where I'm at now. I don't know where I'd be if I wasn't didn't have you. But you know, it's all because of his love and his grace that we're here today. Sure it is. And we sure Thank you, Brother Bobby, for your testimony. Yes. But you know, let's look through the song right here. Look at page 348. Chris was playing this in just a little bit ago as we're coming in. Thank you, Pastor Stanley. Amazing to say this
loves you today. Does anyone else have any? Brother, I just love you. Come on, man. I'm long for home.
sometimes God gets your attention in ways that you wouldn't ever think of. Right. She had been having pains in her stomach, in her stomach. And through all of this, they decided to do a mammogram and all. So he was getting her attention through something that was totally different because she was not paying attention to her God was getting my attention through my heart, my heart rate and stuff. And I had to listen. I would have never thought that that's what I was supposed to do. This morning for, for what all God's given and done. I'm thankful for Mr. God's presence and His Holy Spirit uh, here in this service today. It's so good to see each one of you. Got a good number here today, and we appreciate that. And and uh, it's good to have our visitors here to Rhodes with us. And uh, appreciate y'all being here. And you just make yourself at home. And uh, I'm just thankful for all God's. Given and done. I'm thankful for yesterday him giving us good weather for our our trunk or treat <clears throat> here at the church. We had we had beautiful weather for that, and I appreciate I appreciate that. Uh, let's continue to remember all of them that are sick and afflicted. <clears throat> uh, Y'all have to kind of excuse me today. Uh, Belinda had this last week, and she found need to give it to me, so I got it this week, and so on. Uh, uh, Y'all just pray for us. We're not running any fever, but we're just kind of horse and coffee. And uh, but uh, but we do have a lot of folks that are that are sick. And that's that's for me. Sister Lindsay told me about half of her family's homesick. So let's remember Justin and them and and, uh, and all. Of, and uh, please pray for Sister Bonnie Warren. Went by and seen her. Um, I believe it's Friday. And uh, and. Uh, She's not a happy camper right now because they're, they're at that point where uh, having to make a decision whether she's going to be able to come back home or whether she's going to stay out at TLC where she is now. And um, but uh, but her faith and her trust is in the Lord. Amen. She and I talked about a heavenly home that we'll be going to uh, regardless of whether we get back get to go back to our regular natural house or not. There's a heavenly home that we're we're headed for the noble Lord. So please pray for Sister Bonnie. And this is something that a lot of people, when they get to a certain age, uh, they're faced with. And it's not a popular thing with, with my mom and dad. And it's, uh, it's uh, you can't hardly satisfy everybody, but you have to do what's best for, for uh, our loved ones. But, uh, but I love each one of you today. I really do. And I'm happy that God's allowed us to come back over to his house. I yearn. Uh, for Sunday mornings to get back over here and, and just see what God has in store for us when we get over here. And once again, uh, the Lord's just outdone himself and he's blessed and, and, uh, and he'll continue to do that. 
and I appreciate that. But if you'll turn in your Bibles to Second uh, Samuel chapter 12, Second Samuel chapter 12, uh, I'd like to read to us here some uh, very familiar scriptures, uh, a few verses. Uh, here a while back, Brother Chris um, was talking about some scripture, and, um, and, and he mentioned, he said, in that scripture I can see agreeing with God. And um, after he said that, that just sort of never, never left me. I, I thought about a, a agreeing with God and, and uh, how God's right and his ways are righteous and his way is right and perfect whether or not I agree with it all the time. It's always, it's always right. And, uh, and, and so... Uh, I, I want to uh, uh, try to share with you just for a few minutes uh, on the thought in agreement with God. And I want you to think about that just for a few minutes. And we might look at that on the surface and say, well, of course we're in an agreement with God. But, uh, but uh, uh, think about each one of our lives, the times that we may have been in disagreement uh, with God and what, uh, what he was saying. Uh, but... Uh, in the 12th, 12th chapter of 2 Samuel, this is after uh, David had committed his sin with Bathsheba and a period of time had passed and Nathan the prophet came and approached David and told him this. He said, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him, and he said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup, and lay in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. There came a traveler unto the rich man, and, and there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take the, of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. I gave thee my master's house, thy master's house, and thy master's wives into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. <coughs> And if that had been too little, I would have moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with a sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Amon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee 
out of thy own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor. And he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of the sun. For thou didst this thing, for thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. And I believe I'll stop reading right there. This is very familiar scripture. Um, and I want to go to the 13th verse here, this last verse that I read. And it said, David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And for just a few minutes, I'd like for you uh, to think on the thought being in agreement with God today. And I, I, I begin to look, and, and, and you know, I never thought a whole lot about from the time that David uh, committed his sin with Bathsheba until the time that Nathan approached him uh, concerning this and told him his doom, uh, the trouble that was going to come into his family and that sort of thing. But uh, uh, we have to understand that at least a period of nine months passed by from the time that, that David did this until uh, 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 he was told about it by the prophet Nathan. In other words, God revealed it uh, 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 to David what he had done. And, and I thought about that period of time uh, between the time that David had committed this sin and, and that it, it, until the time that his hand was called to it. And I, I began to think about all the wonderful things that David did throughout his life, but I can't help but believe, Sister Vanessa, that during this nine or ten month period, uh, 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 that he wasn't writing any real pretty songs during that time. I don't believe he was playing pretty songs upon his heart like he normally did. Uh, but he was a man of God that was living in sin. And not only uh, was he living in sin, but he was doing his best to try to cover up one sin uh, after another. Now somebody says, uh, how in the world could he have done that? Well, he was flesh and blood, just like uh, you and I uh, are today. And so uh, we begin to look here and we see and uh, uh, Nathan approaches uh, David and he tells him, uh, I, I guess you could call it a parable. It may have happened, I don't know, but uh, he, he used the illustration of a rich man and a poor man, one that had uh, a, a big flock, a big herd in his pasture, and uh, another man who didn't have anything save one little ewe lamb. He wasn't planning on eating that little lamb. Uh, he had adopted it as a daughter, amen. And I believe that it ate his table and it, I drank of his cup. And so uh, this little lamb uh, meant a whole lot to this man. And uh, the Bible teaches us uh, that Nathan went on to say uh, that the rich man that had plenty, uh, instead of taking of his own uh, uh, flock, he went and he took uh, this little ewe lamb. Maybe he thought that for his guest that was traveling through, that a little old ewe lamb that had been nourished up and kept in the house was probably more tender than anything he would have out in his pasture uh, to serve his guests. Uh, but nevertheless, I, I, he went and he took uh, uh, the poor man's lamb. And, and so as he began to describe this uh, to David, the Bible teaches us 
I think David's anger was kindled against this. David figured he was talking about one of the men in the kingdom there that had done this thing. And, and David, uh, without thinking at all, he said, this man shall surely die. And not only that, he shall restore fourfold of the lamb unto him. David didn't realize how that he was condemning him as his own self the whole time. And Nathan said, Thou art the man. Amen. And praise God. Instead of David, I tell him, Nathan, well, I'm a man after God's own heart. I'm the king of Israel. I can do what I want to do. He didn't do that, but he got in agreement with God, and he said, I have sinned. Amen. He didn't try to excuse it. He didn't try to blame it on his neighbor. He didn't try to put it off on anybody else. But he come face to face with the truth, and he acknowledged that. And you and I today, the only time we're going to have peace with God today is when we get in agreement with Him. Amen. Amen. Boy, I tell you what, I thought about this, and a lot of times, Blenda has said before, we've talked about the Bible, and she said it's amazing how great men and women of the Bible have it, have it, they can commit such sins, uh, uh, but they knew where to go, how to get their help. And, and uh, we know the story. He said, uh, uh, Nathan said, your life is going to be spared, uh, but the child that Bathsheba bared unto you is going to die. Amen. And uh, uh, David got down, and he began to pray and ask God how to spare the life of the child. He knew he'd got prayers through before to God. He had had answered prayers before. So he went to where he knew his help come from. And he began to plead to God. Amen. How that he would heal this child that was sick. But God kept his word. Amen. And the child died. Amen. And they come and told David. Amen. And they were dreading about telling him because of the way he was carrying on while the child was sick. But when they come and told him how the Bible said that he got up off the ground, washed himself up, amen, and went to church. Amen. I'm going to tell you today, the quicker you and I get in agreement with God, the better off that we'll be in our life today. Amen. Amen. The devil is continually disagreeing with God. Everything, if God says it's black, he says it's white. Amen. And he would love nothing better than to get into our minds and get us to be in disagreement with God. Amen. I remember my sister, my oldest sister, she said one time she had been studying her Bible and she was in a study group. And she took offense to some scripture in the Bible where the Apostle Paul said, I suffer not a woman to speak or assert authority over a man. Now you can take that how that you want to. But my sister took offense to that. And I told her, I said, well, that comes from the Word of God. That's what God, she said, that's what Paul said. I said, well, God told Paul to say it, amen. So whether we agree or whether we disagree today, it's still the truth, amen. And the quicker we come to agreeing with God agreeing together in His name today, the quicker we'll have peace in our lives. Yes. Amen. Being in agreement 
with him today. Amen. The Bible teaches us that uh, back over there in Numbers, I believe it was, uh, uh, the, the children of Israel begin to uh, complain against Moses and against God. They, uh, they, they complained about what they was eating. They complained about what they was drinking. And, and, uh, and the Bible said that God sent fiery serpents among them. And the serpents, <laughs> Brother Don commenced to bite in some of them folks. He did. And, and it said that many of the children of Israel died because of the serpents. Amen. And so uh, uh, the Bible said uh, that finally those people, how uh, they came to Moses and they said, we have sinned against the Lord. We have spoken against you and we've spoken against God. And they said, please go on our behalf and pray that God will remove these fiery serpents. This goes back to what we had in Sunday school. So many times Abraham prayed on somebody else's behalf and God heard his prayer and answered it. And Moses went and he prayed to God uh, that he had removed the serpents from them. The people were in a fix. They were scared. But you know what was, what, what was the answer to that? It's when they confessed their sin and they said, we've spoken against God, against the Lord, and we've spoken against you, Moses. Amen. The Bible said that God, after uh, Moses prayed, God told him to go and take uh, a brazen serpent and put it up on a pole. The children of Israel could have said, what in the world good is that going to do? We're bit by these things. Our skin's rotten off. My brothers and sisters over here are dying. And you're going to put up a serpent up on the pole. <laughs> but the quicker that you and I agree with God, the faster the rhythm will come. Amen. Amen. That's right. Moses told us that we'll put this raise the serpent up on this pole, and each one of them come by. And those that behold look up at the serpent. Amen. They will live. In other words, they'll be healed from being bitten by the fire serpents. Today, when we get in agreement with God, when we see things as God sees it, amen. A lot of times we want to bring God to our mind, or we want to bring God to our doings. Amen. We got to come to His. I read a thing here a while back. He said the boatman, when he was getting close to land, he throws out his anchor or his hook, and he pulls the boat to the land, amen. And looking at it, you would perceive that he's pulling the land to him. But in reality, he's pulling himself to the land, amen. When we pray to God, we need to come to God's mind and not ask Him to come to ours. Amen. God, help us to see things, Lord, as You see it. Amen. Help us to be in agreement with You, God, for You know all things. Amen. His ways, the Bible teaches us, are higher than our ways. Amen. His thoughts than our thoughts. But we've got to come to Him and agree. We've got to come to Him and agree. Some of you husbands and wives may not have the problem that Linda and I has every now and then, but every once in a while, we don't agree. And, uh, and, and, and sometimes it's over little things, and, and then every now and then it'll be over something that we'll let fester for a little while. And, uh, 
I'm talking about Fester to that point when you go to bed that I'm facing one wall and she's facing the other. And, uh, and, and when I put my machine on, that means I'm through talking to you for the night. <laughs> and, but I, one night we done that and I said, oh, I need to pray before I go to sleep. And uh, brother, have you ever tried to pray and God wasn't nowhere near you? And I said, Lord, forgive me my sins, my trespasses, and I can tell. I had anger towards her. She had it towards me. We'd gone to bed like that. I couldn't talk to God. Bless him, Lord. See, when, when you come to it, you gotta come to it broken hearted and really ready for him to hear. Amen. And and I found out that it's a whole lot better if I'll overlook some little things that I let bother yeah. me, amen. Come on, Greg. If I think the UPS truck comes too much to the house, I need to just let that not bother me, amen. <laughs> and begin to agree. And if I'm in agreement with her, then our marriage is stronger, amen. But I tell you what it can do, and you may think uh, that it can't, but there's a lot of folks that will let that fester and fester and fester until it causes them to go look for an attorney at law and write up some papers and cancel out their marriage tonight. But I'm gonna tell you, when she and I are in agreement, even when we agree to disagree, amen, I'm gonna tell you life is a whole lot better. Amen. And when I am in agreement with God. Right. Bless him, Lord. And you know what it means to, to agree with God? God, no matter how far-fetched this thing seems, Abraham, you and Sarah is going to have a child. No matter how far-fetched this thing seems, we've got to agree with God today. You know the biggest problem today in America and throughout this world is there's a disagreement with God. That's, that's basically what it is. I've had people tell me, and I've told this before, and I'm not being ugly, but I've had people tell me that were well and able to get up and go to the house of God, and I've had them tell me, they say, I can serve God. First, they tell me what the problem was in church. Well, so-and-so said something. And then they say, I can serve God at home just as well as I can over at the house of God. Now the word of God says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Amen. He says exhorting one another. God, it's hard for me to exhort you and you exhort me if I'm over Susan Moore and you're at Royal. Amen. But when we come together, over at the house of God. That's our job. Bobby, I want to exhort you, amen. When you're preaching and testifying, I want to get under you, amen, and help kindle that fire. Amen. When we're singing those songs of Zion, I want to be able to get in there with it, amen. So when, when someone says, I can serve God at home as well as I can the church, are they agreeing with God? They're not. Cannot be in agreement with God when we say that. Amen. The faster that we see things His way. 
Amen. I appreciate what Brother Bobby said about running from his call to preach. Gene, I ran for a long time, and I did. And, uh, and I wanted... I wanted to do what God wanted me to do, but I wanted to do it the way I thought it should be done. Amen. I wasn't planning on abandoning church. I wasn't planning on just getting out of the world. But I certainly was not planning on trying to preach His gospel. And I used every excuse in the world. I, Brother Scott, I wasn't very good in school. And, and I struggled, and I thought there's no way in the world, God, that I can deliver a message from you, Lord. Just help me to be a help to the church in other ways. And boy, I'd go to visiting folks. I would. I was. I tried to use that as a crutch, and boy, I started hitting the nursing homes and this, that, and that. I'd go to visiting folks, and that was all well and good. But God said, "You're still not where you're not in agreement with me. You're still not where." I want you to be. Amen. And when I got to the point that I could agree with God that He would do what He said He would do, that He would take care of me, that come by faith and trusting that He would take care of me, and that if I got up there and 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 and, and, and just made a, a donkey of myself, then Lord, I'll do it the best way that I can for you, Lord. I started agreeing with him that he knew best for my life. That all the plans that I had that didn't include preaching the gospel, that he would take care of all that. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, his righteousness. And all of these things that we strive so far, so much for in life, we'll have. We'll have. Bible said that Judas Iscariot, you can think about what, what you want to think about it. But the Bible says that for 30 pieces of silver he betrayed Jesus Christ. He came and uh, he told the soldiers, he said, the one that I can only kiss is the one. See, they didn't know exactly who they were looking for. They knew where Jesus' crowd hung around, but they didn't know exactly who they were looking for. Judas said, I'll go and kiss the one. That will be the one that you need to apprehend. Okay. The Bible says in the garden there that he came up the soldiers being led by Judas. And Judas went up and he planted a kiss on the cheek of Jesus. Jesus looked at him and betrayed me. And they took Jesus. Peter got very angry about it. He pulled a sword and he, the Bible said that he cut off one of the ears of the soldiers. So Jesus told him, he said, put your sword back in sheath. I've got the power to call down a legion of angels if I wanted to. You can put a stop to this. I don't need your sword. Bless him, God. Come on, Richard. The Bible said that after they apprehended Jesus and they took him, and they didn't have to chase him down, by the way, but he went voluntarily. And as they carried him around before Pilate and before the courts, and they were trying to find false witnesses to bring up the witness against him, condemnation began to fall upon Judas. 
I think he thought in his mind, he said, for 30 pieces of silver, I have to trade Jesus over to these men. All of a sudden, 30 pieces of silver begin not to look as good as it did. The Bible said that he went back to the chief priest and the elders there. And I really believe that, and you may disagree with him, but I really believe that what he wanted to do was give him back the 30 pieces of silver for the life of Jesus, for them to turn Jesus loose. But the deal was made. The Bible said that he cast down the 30 pieces of silver at their feet. They wasn't willing to take it back for an exchange to turn Jesus loose. But he threw it down at their feet. And Judas said, I have betrayed the innocent blood Christ. You know what Judas did? He agreed with Jesus. He agreed with God. I wish he hadn't gone and hung himself. I don't think that was God's will for him to go hang himself. But he was in such remorse and such guilt for what he had done, he felt like he could not live with himself any longer. And he went and he hanged himself. See it? Those of us today that are struggling with life and we're struggling with, with, with everyday things, until we come to the knowledge that we're the problem. Right. And that's hard sometimes to do. Right. It's a lot easier me, for me to say that Brother Chris is the problem, but I'm the problem. See? And, and when I come to that place in life that I am agreeing with God, he said, all have seen come short of the glory of God. Instead of saying, God, I've never done anything wrong, that I admit to that, I agree to that, Amen. And praise God, he's got a remedy for it. Amen. Even Achan, uh, when, he, uh, uh, when he went in there and took, and took the Babylonian's garment and the, the wedge of gold and the silver where they were told not to take any of that stuff. Amen. When the walls of Jericho fell, but he went in there and he took it. And for a little while, for a little while, that was a secret that only him and God knew about. But you see, when, when sin comes into a, to the congregation, which it did there, children of Israel, it began to show. Israel had been defeating every army they had come against, large armies, small armies, and they had come up against Ai. They sent spies out there to look at them, and the spies came back and said, this bunch is so small, Basically, we can take them with one arm tied behind our back. The Bible said they went out against Ai. You know the story. Israel did something that it was never supposed to do. They retreated and ran. Little bitty country. Had them on the run. Joshua, being the man of God that he was, he knew that something was wrong. Amen. He said, God, you've been helping us through all this time. What is it now that's going on that we've turned and returned from the enemy? 
I believe God let Joshua know what to do. Bring them up family by family, man by man. We're going to see where the problem is. We're going to get down to the root of it. Yeah. Amen. Got up there, and uh, it come Achan's time to stand before Joshua there and before God. And Achan said, I have seen it. Amen. He coveted those things. Now, Achan was put to death along with his family. But you know what he did before he was put to death? He agreed with God. He agreed with God. Amen. The Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. He didn't say everybody in the church's knee will bow and their tongue will confess. But he said everyone. I can't help but believe, Sister Maggie, that either on this side or on the other side, everyone will acknowledge that he is God. We will all be in agreement with God. I've heard old preachers say that those in hell will amen their own condemnation. No one there will be saying, I'm here unjustly. Or God didn't give me the opportunity. Or I didn't have what somebody else had, and that's the reason I'm here. But everyone, everyone will bow and say that he's Lord and Lord. King of kings. Amen. I want to encourage you while there's time and while there's opportunity to get in agreement with God. Amen. Get in agreement with him today. It's a no-win situation fighting against him. Gamaliel told the Sanhedrin court over there when they were getting ready to put some of the apostles to death. Amen. He said, give them a little space. He said, if what they're doing is of men, it'll come to naught. You don't even have to worry about it. He gave examples of, of those that had claimed to be something, and their little cult just went down the drain. But he said this to the men. He said, but if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. You'll either agree with him, <laughs> or you'll agree with him later. Yeah. Amen. Lest happen, you be found to fight against God. There's an old saying, if you can't beat them, join them. Now, I'll always agree with that. There's a lot of things in this world that I feel like I'm having trouble, I'm having trouble conquering, but I have no desire to join them. But with Jesus Christ, the quicker we sell out to him and the quicker we become in agreement with him, the better off that you and I will be. Amen. The Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus was going, sending threatening letters to the churches, amen, and Paul could back up what he threatened, amen. He had done it before. And somehow or another, on that road to Damascus, a great light shone, and he heard a voice from heaven say, Paul, it's hard for thee to kick against the priest. Paul, you've been in total disagreement for the whole time. Maybe. Thank you for doing God's work. But Paul, it's time you see it my way. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. I'm going to take an old 
mean Jew, and I'm going to turn you into one of the most powerful preachers that's yes. ever been. Amen. And Paul got to see it God's way. He got in agreement with God. You see, a lot of times when bad things happen to us, a lot of us have asked the question, why would God let this happen? Why would God do this or do that? <coughs> this is easy for somebody to say that life going pretty good for him over his life. But the Bible says that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that call according to his purpose. Amen. So if I get a flat tire and I'm in a hurry to get somewhere, amen, I think that's the worst thing that could have happened. Amen. God's got a reason. Blood and I have been late getting somewhere before, and then when we get, uh, when we finally get on our way, we get up there and there's a, there's a bad car accident, ambulances and fire trucks everywhere, it's awful. Cars mangled. And she said, we just think this might be the way that the Lord used to, if we'd have left when we were supposed to, we might have been in the middle of that. Could have been. Could have been. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and the Spirit of God at some time or another in your life has let you know that you're not, you hadn't got what it takes to get to heaven. But if you're holding back on that, you're disagreeing with God. You're agreeing that whatever you've got is going to sustain you for a little while. You're agreeing that I've got more time to, to do this. The devil is wonderful at, at being a, teaching us to be a procrastinator in this thing. But we're in disagreement with God. When we come, I, I appreciate what Brother Roger read in the devotion. I never knew that that woman wrote that song just as I am. But when we'll come just as we are and say, God, whatever it is, I'm going to agree with you. God, I've tried it on my own. I've tried this and I've tried that and it had not worked. But God, I'm just going to agree with you that you'll do what you said you'd do. That's faith. And that's believing today. Trust in Him. Amen. Let me say this. He come home up gives the song. I know it's getting late. The Bible said that uh, Jesus was there with His disciples not long before uh, well, well, actually the same night that He was being uh, taken by the soldiers there. And uh, he was alone there with his disciples. And he said, all of you will be offended of me this night. He was talking to all of them. Peter told Jesus, said, though all be offended, he said, I will never be offended. Jesus, I love you more than all these others do. I'll never be offended. I think he went on to say, I'll die with you. Jesus told Peter, he said, 
Before the cock crows, that meant before morning, you will three times, thrice, come up to dine me. Peter couldn't see that. He couldn't see himself doing that. He loved Jesus. But you see, as much as we love the Lord today, we're going to fail very short. And that's the story. It's going to happen. Yeah. Bible said that, that uh, as, as Peter followed afar off, he didn't want to follow too close to Jesus because he might be accused of being one of his disciples. You know, if, if you're part of the Lord and you've got the Lord down in your heart, sometimes it can't help but show, can it? Peter tried to look like the, the enemy. He tried to look like the, the ones there. And at one place he went there and he warmed himself by the fire with them, trying to blend in with them. One of them said, they looked at him. That man's been with Jesus. We saw him with him. I don't even know the man, Peter said. A little later on there, he went out on the porch and another approached him. <laughs> I think he said, your speech betrayed thee. Peter said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know the man. And thirdly, I believe it was a woman that came. She accused him of being part of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible said, here's where the devil took a godly man like Peter and caused him to curse and say, I don't know the man. Peter went out. The Bible said immediately, the cock crowed, and Peter wept bitterly. You know what I can see in that when Peter wept bitterly? He agreed with Jesus. You were right. You were right, boy. Though I said I'll never betray you, though all men do, I'll go with you to death. You told me what I did, and I did. I encourage you today acknowledge to God where you're at with him. Acknowledge where you're at with him. The Bible said that he's just to forgive those that confess their sins to him. He's just to forgive them and cleanse you of your sins today. Get in agreement with him while there's time and while there's opportunity. There's coming a time. There's people in hell right now, I'm sure, that wish they had agreed with him on this side. Go ahead and sing. Everybody say 596. 596.
told of an instance that he had with a, with a homosexual plan. And the man tried to get the preacher to understand how he could justify what he was doing. He explained to the preacher that God had made him like that. Oh. 